Pollock trying to steer around. Picked off center. They score! Feather back over to Manny. Splits the defense. He's shot. He scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington. Hard collision. BL centering feed. They score! This is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. All right, welcome back. Nick Nolenberger joined alongside Joey Goldstein, marketing manager. And we've got a special guest today, Barracuda Ford, TJ Hensick. Henner, what's going on, man? We appreciate you taking a bit of your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. It's been, I'm sure, a whirlwind for you over the last month. I mean, you were playing out in, you know, Ohio, playing in the ECHL. Um, you were close to home, but you get the call, you know, your agent talking to Joe Wills, we spoke to when you first came out here, and all of a sudden you're back in the American League, you're back in California, and you're right in kind of a the thick of a playoff race, and then you got to bring your family out, your, your wife and your young kid. Um, just kind of give us a rundown on, on how that transition has gone down for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously pro hockey, it's part of the business, but, uh, you know, I was excited for the opportunity. Um, you know, fortunately for me, I was, I was living at home and playing in Toledo. I wasn't sure what... Uh, you know, the future had in store for me. Um, you know, in San Jose, uh, the Barracuda called roughly yeah, a month ago, and uh, I jumped at the chance to get back in the American Hockey League. Uh, excited for the opportunity, excited to, to be in the playoff uh, picture, the playoff race. Uh, you know, I thought uh, Sunday's win was huge for our confidence going forward here. we got a big week of practice to get ready for a two-game set against uh, Colorado. And you go into that game, I think uh – I was shocked that the group was able to muster a comeback. Obviously, that was a big kind of statement win for you guys, just to get back on track. You know, as a veteran guy, you're seeing a young team kind of go through a bit of a lull. Uh, I'm just trying to kind of find their identity, refine their identity. Um, is this kind of a common thing, you think, for young groups, young teams? Is these guys hit walls and it's just getting through the dog days of the season at this point? Yeah, I mean, you could uh, pick a lot of different reasons for why they're why we're facing what we're facing right now. But adversity is a good thing, I think, in the long run. And you obviously would rather face adversity right now than in the playoffs uh, come first round. So, you know, it's it's going to bring uh, the group closer together. I thought the win on Sunday was huge for for many reasons, uh, just to feel good about yourself after a tough stretch, like you said. And uh, going into a week of practice, you want to feel good about yourself. You don't want to go into a week of practice uh, feeling down, uh, feeling regrets. So uh, it's big for us to get that win. But uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, professional hockey it's tough it's not easy there's a lot of variables that go into uh, the way you handle yourself whether it's like you said family stuff uh, girlfriend stuff being away from home uh, first time pro playing more games than your body's used to uh, living on your own there's just a lot of variables that go into it so sometimes teams face that adversity and, and this is a young group for sure uh, very fast, uh, very skilled young group, and maybe they just hit a wall. You know, they came out of the gates. Uh, obviously, I wasn't here, but came out of the gates flying. So, you know, you're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling confident all year for 30, 40 games, and then you just hit that stretch where you're not winning. You're not getting the bounces maybe that you were getting early on in the year, and, and you're, you're facing some difficult times. So uh, I think it's good right now to be going through this. I think that win on Sunday is going gonna, is gonna to springboard us back to, to where this team, uh, I think, can be and, and gets, us, uh, gets us going down the stretch here for the playoff push. Even, you know, you, you come into this, this Barracuda locker room, as you said, it's a young team. You come in, you're immediately the elder statesman. You and Johnny Mack are the two older guys in the room. What kind of advice are you giving these young guys to, as you're going through this, this tough stretch to kind of keep them focused, keep everybody looking in the right direction, and make sure nobody gets too low? Yeah, I think everyone, including myself, you know, you look at a guy like J-Mac, I've obviously played against him a ton in my career. Um, for me, I think the situation is a little different just showing up. You know, you don't want to be that guy that steps on anyone's toes. But for me right now, I'm just trying to be an olive branch, uh, talk to these guys. Uh, if they got questions, just be there for them uh, and try and work hard, try and send a good example, uh, you know, try and make a difference, uh, whether it's in practice, whether it's in games. Uh, 
right now for me, it's like I said, tough. You just get thrown into the mix. You, you don't want to step on anyone's toes. You want to slowly work your way uh, into the relationships with the guys, the coaching staff. But, uh, you know, it's a good group. It's a good group of kids. They're, they're excited to come to the rink every day. They want to get better. They want to win. Uh, so, like I said, going through that adversity, I think, is a good thing in the long run. And, uh, you know, when you got the coaching staff, you got players uh, like J-Mac, you know, and the coaching staff like Bones who have played, who have gone through these types of things, it's easy to lean on those guys and, and move forward. Uh, like I said, professional hockey's hard. Uh, there's times where uh, the dog days hit, and hopefully they're behind us right now and we're moving forward. Having spent part of your career in Colorado and St. Louis in those organizations, and you're going into different locker rooms with different players, uh, maybe that you're not familiar with. This was a different situation because you didn't have camp with them and, and you didn't really know any of the guys necessarily at a personal level. But, you know, can you rely on those previous experiences to go into a new locker room, or is there still kind of that, you know, meeting new people kind of vibe and how do you kind of transition into you know a new organization this quickly yeah i think for me it's a little bit of a mix uh challenge for me i think uh being in the american hockey league for as long as i have i think i was i was comfortable from that aspect you know playing in the american hockey league but like i said you you want to show up you want to make sure you you set yourself up with a good example for the rest of the guys with the coaching staff you want to be someone they can rely on uh so i think it's a slow process each day you try and build relationships you try and uh make your mark, as you can say. And, and uh, for me, I'm not really that outspoken, so I'm more of a quiet guy, so it's a little bit harder in that aspect. But uh, the guys have been great uh, welcoming. The organization's been first class. I've uh, uh, been treated extremely well. My family's been uh, treated just as just the same. So I couldn't be more excited for the opportunity that uh, you know Joe and the Barracuda have given me here. And uh, like I said, I'm just looking forward to, to helping this team any way I can. I want to ask you about, so obviously you've been around the American League, but you've played in California quite a bit what's I mean not just in San Jose but in Ontario as well what's your you know view and what do you think about hockey and the west coast in general because I mean it is relatively new here in the last four years so what do you think about the whole transition and how it's been uh, well, I think it's great. I mean, obviously, you said I was I was in Ohio there where we had uh, a bunch of snowstorms, so to get back to California is nice. But, uh, uh, yeah, growing up uh, in Michigan, you know, uh, hockey's huge there in Michigan, uh, Massachusetts, Minnesota. But as I got older and now that I'm extremely old with these guys on the team, uh, you can see that the game's grown. I mean, look at where the teams are in the NHL. We have teams in Vegas, in Arizona. There's a team coming to Seattle. The game's definitely evolving, and uh, because of that, I think the the depth of hockey players has become extremely good. I mean, with the teams, the players, where they're coming from, uh, California, whether it's Florida, Texas, they're coming from all over. So uh, it's exciting. Uh, on a personal note, it's always nice to go to practice in California and then walk outside and see the sunshine. So uh, it's huge. I mean, you can look at the, the NHL teams uh, in California and how successful they've been lately with the Kings winning some Stanley Cups, uh, the Sharks going to the Cup final a couple of years ago, and uh, Anaheim winning a couple a while ago. So uh, it's growing and growing, and uh, it's exciting to see. What was it like playing your old team, Ontario? Scored early in that game. I'm sure that had to have felt good, but a little bit weird, too, looking across the way, seeing your old coach and some of your old teammates. Yeah, two good years there. Uh, great organization. Uh, treat you really well for an American Hockey League team. Um, definitely uh, have some, some lasting friendships, uh, like Brett Sutter. Uh, it's tough when you play against the team uh, that you used to play for, especially the situation that's kind of thrown into the mix. Uh, you get down there, you see them for a quick minute, and then you're on the ice battling them uh, in a big game. Unfortunately, we came up short, but uh, the schedule uh, allows us to play one more time, so hopefully I can get the better end of it uh, next time. You're a Michigan guy, Michigan man. Go blue, right? Did you, uh, so obviously Chaser, uh, Mike Chason, our assistant coach, was also a Michigan guy. Do you guys connect at all about time playing at Michigan? Or 
how that was? Yeah, we were, we were talking about it uh, quite a bit. We talked about it, unfortunately, on uh, on Saturday there. Michigan got knocked out of the Big Ten tournament, uh, and unfortunately their season uh, is over. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament. So, uh, yeah, Michigan guys, uh, I think just like any school, you know, you always talk about uh, your alma mater and what's going on uh, right now. Our hot topic would probably be our basketball team's pretty good. Uh, looking forward to hopefully a long run for them in the NCAA tournament. You played under Red Berenson. What was that experience like? Obviously, you know, legendary coach at the collegiate level. Um, you know, what was it like playing under him? Uh, pretty surreal. I mean, obviously, his resume and what he's done for hockey uh, at a professional level, at a college level, uh, speaks for itself. Just being around him uh, and the aura that uh, he seems to have about him is, is pretty special. Uh, he walks in a room and everyone uh, pretty much uh, stops talking and lets him uh, speak up. He... Uh, Huge influence on my career. Uh, still uh, stay in contact with him. Uh, you see him every summer too at alumni stuff. Uh, you know, when you think of Michigan hockey, you think of Red Berenson. Uh, you know, he had to move on. You know, with his life, and uh, and Mel Pearson took over, who was my assistant coach. So I think the program's in good hands. But he'll always be uh, what you think about when you think of Michigan hockey. And uh, he's been an influence in my career and, and many guys that I played with. Uh, and being being able to say he's a friend is uh, something I'll cherish forever. What kind of stuff for, you know, away from the rink you guys leave practice? Like you said, it's nice and sunny. There's all kinds of things to do. Being relatively new to San Jose, what kind of things are, are you doing when you get away from the rink? Uh, yesterday I had a f family day in San Francisco. Uh, it was great with my kid, my son, uh, William. Uh, we got to see the sea lions, uh, you know, hanging out there at Pier 39. We went into the aquarium, went into the ferry building. We just did some sightseeing. Um, so it's nice to be able to uh, go north through a huge city like that and, and spend some quality time with family, especially with the situation I'm in uh, with them only being here for a couple weeks at a time and then going back and coming back and forth. So, uh, you know, uh, talking to guys, trying to figure out where to go, what to do on days off. Uh, you know, it's California, so there's lots to do. Uh, it was, was kind of nice to see people out in the ocean there surfing and, and hanging out. So uh, as the weather gets warmer, hopefully, uh, you know, I can get on the beach there too with my family. You a big surf guy? No, never surfed, but I would like to get out there, uh, you know, and uh, try it and see what happens. we got a lot of guys asking. we got yeah. always our resident surf yeah. expert, so we oh, can really? hook you yes. up. All right, you teach yeah. us. Yeah, teach us yeah. we got to get a group together. I know yeah. Manny he was kind of disappointed with the knee injury that uh, – he won't be able to do it for a while, but uh, we certainly have to take you guys over there, definitely. Uh, I want to go back quickly. This offseason, you kind of mentioned to me when you first got here that you didn't know if you were going to play again, um, and it was your career over. Um, got an opportunity in Toledo. Clearly, you know, that was successful. Pawn that into another chance here in the American Hockey League. You know, did you get the itch? Was it, you know, I know guys go through that. They're, they're going through that point in their career where they don't know if they're going to end it, what, what's happening, and some guys say, I still want to play. Were you kind of still feeling like you want to play? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I prepared all summer to play. Uh, obviously, uh, at my age, the jobs in the American Hockey League are few and far between. Uh, I, I feel like the league's getting younger and younger, um, and most teams are only keeping one, two, possibly three older guys on their team, uh, and you can only have five, obviously, uh, in the American League. So, you know, you prepared, and uh, for me, I just I didn't really have that desire to go uh, to Europe. Uh, you know, with the family and my wife having a job, my son starting preschool, is, is, you know, I just wanted to be close, at least in North America. Uh, so I, I jumped at the chance at just playing in Toledo and living at home uh, and continuing my hockey career. I didn't know, uh, like I said, what the future held. I didn't know if I'd play another year beyond this season. Um, but uh, I got treated extremely well in Toledo. Got off to a good start both uh, individually and as a team, and it kind of just took off from there. And like I said, uh, when I uh, got the call from my agent uh, that uh, the Barracuda were interested, uh, it was exciting uh, to get back, like I said, to the American Hockey League, a league that I think is extremely talented and competitive and uh, right below the NHL. So uh, anytime uh, I can get back into this league that's given me so much over the course of my career, it's exciting.
what do you see your, yourself doing as you look into the future post hockey career? Have you thought about staying within the game, or you know, would you would you step away? What was your kind of mindset on that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, uh, especially at my age, think about what uh, next year, what the next five years look like. But, uh, you know, like uh, we had talked about it a minute ago with, with Michigan, I do have a degree from the University of Michigan, so that's something that uh, I can fall back on. Um, you know, it's a psychology degree with an English minor. I'm not sure what I'll use it for, but uh, <laughs> I have it in my back pocket uh, to at least uh, figure out that uh, side of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hockey's been my life. Hockey's been uh, – around me for uh, as long as I can remember. I'd like to stay involved with it, uh, whether it's coaching, management, uh, scouting, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of on the fence if it's hockey or if it's uh, more uh, using my uh, degree from Michigan. The college hockey route, so obviously being uh, Michigan-born and going to University of Michigan, was that always, like, in your mind to go play college hockey? Or did you was juniors an option? Like, what, what was your process? Um, uh, my family backgrounds, there's, there's not much hockey. Um, my par my dad played football, baseball, no hockey. Uh, I played hockey. I didn't really know where hockey would take me, but when you get to the age of you know, 15, you, you got to make a decision on college or, or major junior. And for me, uh, I was 99% committed to college. I, I never really gave major junior, uh, that much of a look or, or thought about, uh, that option. So, uh, for me growing up in Michigan, it was either Michigan, Michigan state, um, which, now, which side were you on growing up? Because I know that's, that's a – I got family in Michigan, and that's a real hot-button thing, whether you choose Michigan State or Michigan as a kid. Yeah, I was actually a Michigan State fan growing up. Most of my family was Michigan State uh, fans. Uh, but through in the recruiting process, it was between Michigan, Michigan State, and actually uh, Notre Dame was quite in the mix there for a while. Uh, but at the end of the day, just, just being around Ann Arbor, the program there, talking uh, talking with Coach Berenson about their style of play and uh, knowing guys that had gone to Michigan, I just felt like it was the best fit for me. And, and I can say without uh, any question that was the best decision of my life. You played in the, the national development program, and there was just uh, USA Hockey came out their, you know, their monthly newsletter, and it included the fact that they could potentially have eight first-rounders from that team this year. Did you ever envision during your time that, you know, United States hockey could kind of grow at the, the rapid rate that it has over the last 15 years? Well, it's pretty incredible, uh, that's for sure. I know the group that I played with at the program, uh, everyone went on to Division One, Division One programs. I think the thought process when I was there was that was the goal. Let's get uh, these guys to, to Division One schools and see what happens from there. I think now that the, 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 th the thought process has changed a lot. I think the thought process is let's get these guys to the NHL. That's how good they are. Um, I think uh, that program has done wonders for USA Hockey, whether it's World Juniors or World Championships for the for the men's. Uh, that program speaks for itself on what it's what it's done for for hockey in the U.S. I think it's a it's a great program. But for for me, it was an easy decision to go there because I got to live at home. I didn't have to pack up and move from from Washington or, or California to to do that. Uh, uh, so uh, for me, like I said, it, it was a great honor to play there, and uh, I think what they're doing there is, is pretty uh, pretty remarkable. As you're growing up as a kid, who's somebody that you kind of idolize in the hockey world that you try to model your game after? I grew up a huge Detroit Red Wing fan, and uh, when I was a kid, Steve Eiserman was God in, uh, in Detroit, <laughs> and uh, obviously his career and what he did and uh, you know how he evolved as a player and a person uh, is someone I always looked up to as a hockey player for sure. You were 37 here. You were 17 at one point what's kind of the you know the mindset and how you got to those kind of numbers seven's kind of been uh my number since i was younger i wore seven uh in college uh 17 uh pro a lot a little bit of seven uh and then 37 i wore in colorado i just like to have a number with seven in it uh just for whatever reason seven's just been lucky i guess seven. lucky you could say but uh guys like numbers and that's mine just something with a seven
I know uh, I, I call you Henner. I know some of the guys call you Henner. Hope you don't mind. I, I want to know the backstory on the nickname Panda. Yeah, Panda uh, was uh, my first year pro. I played for uh, the Colorado Avalanche organization, and I was in Cleveland to start my career. And uh, I played with Chris Stewart, um, who played uh, in the NHL for quite some time. And uh, he used to call me uh, Angry Panda. <laughs> and uh, for a while, I was like, ah, I don't really like it. Like, I don't like it. And then it kind of got shortened to Panda, and I still was like, eh. It's kind of a weird uh, nickname, but uh, okay, I'll go with it. No big deal. So I was with the Avalanche for three years. Everyone called me Panda. Uh, I got traded after uh, my third year in the summer to St. Louis, and I was like, all right, great. I can finally get rid of this Panda nickname and move <laughs> on. Uh, I was with the Blues organization for maybe like six months or so, and Chris Stewart got traded to the Blues organization, and uh, as soon as I saw his face, he, he screamed, hey, Panda, what's going on? And at that point in time, I realized I'm not getting rid of this nickname. It's stuck with me, and I've embraced it and, and enjoyed it now. It's good. It's fun. It's it's different, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, we saw when we announced that we were bringing you in, everybody from Ontario through social media, just panda, 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 <laughs> like all over the place. So I was I was going to ask the same thing, like kind of where it came from. Yeah, cool. it's, uh, it's definitely a different name, but uh, I think it's been more enjoyable and more uh, fun now that I've embraced it. You know, early on in your career, you're like, I don't know if I want to be called Panda, but uh, it's been fun. It's been good. Yeah, I guess it's endearing if you get a nickname, too, that's not necessarily associated with your name. Why did they have the angry at the start? Were you a bit of a ball of hate when you first started? Yeah, I guess uh, Stewie didn't think uh, I was too kind to him or something. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I prefer to be called Panda versus Angry Panda. <laughs> that's good stuff. Well, um, any more questions? I think uh, No, that's all I got. We'll keep it short. I know you're, you're busy and you got the family in town, so I don't want to keep you from them. We appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Hopefully we can get uh, your son, son on the podcast at one point, too. Yeah, he'd he's, love to. He'd yeah. keep you entertained for quite some time. So, yeah, let me know. I'll bring I him on. I saw he was running around after pucks and paws. I think he, he hugged every dog that he saw, including Nabby's dog, who's like three times his size. So. Yeah, he loved Nabby's dog. He wants to take Nabby's dog home with him. So, uh, yeah, but we'll get him on for sure. I thought uh, Nabby's dog looked like the dog from Sandlot, but it was a little bit nicer. It was pretty yeah, nice. different breed, but yeah. I mean, this is huge. for all I know, they could have been the exact same size. <laughs> Nabby's dog is a, is a unit of a dog. It's huge. Appreciate it, TJ. Yep, thanks for having me. Thank you. So we'd like to thank TJ Hensick spending a bit of his time following practice. I've got Joey Goldstein, my partner in crime here, and he's shifted completely so he can look directly at me. He's had a neck injury for about six months now. Yeah, it's, the it's, ice. it's bad. It's, uh, I can, you know what, I can probably date it all the way back to last summer because I remember we were playing softball. And I had issues. There was a day where I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to play or swing the bat. And uh, I ended up getting a little bit better. And every once in a while it goes and comes back. But, yeah, I'm struggling today. It's gotten worse and worse each day since, uh, since Saturday. So we're, uh, we're working on it. We're getting better. Uh, but we'll be all right. Play through, play through it. Play hurt. Play through it. I'm a tough guy. If, any, if anybody has any remedies for neck stiffness, I always know Joey's struggling because I'll walk down – down the hall and I'll say something to him and instead of turning his neck and the whole responding the whole the shoulders yeah. come with the head yeah the whole body's gonna go I, I saw that the chiropractor was was here today so I got to see yeah. him I got got a nice little adjustment hopefully that helps Get some heat on it yeah now some, some heat. ice, I got some ice or, we're all over the map we're here trying. we got an injured we got an injured coach chasers constantly getting iced up and now we've got a you know injured marketing I tell you manager. what it's it's uh podcasting injured it's it's not <laughs> It's not, it's not a cakewalk like no. everybody thinks it is. It's, yeah. This is easy. I dare you to come try it. <laughs> um, let's go back quickly uh, on huge win. Yeah. Massive. Huge. Um, Confidence-wise, uh, just a lot of things. You get Antoine Bebo back in the win column. He was winless or, yeah, winless over his last five. Um, for him to get that win, 
to wrap up the 12-game series against Stockton. This is a Stockton team that was arguably playing their best hockey of the year, um, and they're up 4-1 in the third period, and it didn't look like it was getting any better. It looked like <laughs> San Jose was going to lose their fifth in a row. Well, they stormed back with three unanswered, two of them coming with the extra attacker on with less than a minute and a half to go, and then you win it in a shootout, and that overtime included killing off nearly an entire two-minute penalty. You get outshot in the OT 3-0, but you weather the storm, and now you hope that maybe this is one of those games that starts turning the ship back in the direction that you hope for. Yeah, I mean, I admittedly missed all but one goal, I think. I was, uh, I was in an elevator for one. I was in an office, in the office for two, so I kind of felt like it was better off. I just wasn't watching the game. That Did you hear uh, the horn? The uh, I heard the horn once, Okay, uh, and that was on the third goal. So I'd kind of been avoiding paying attention to it because if, I felt like it was, you know, superstitious. It was better luck if I wasn't watching it, right? But, uh, yeah, that was that was big, and I think you could see it on everybody's face. I mean, when Bibb stopped that last shot in the shootout, yeah. the elation he had, talking to Francis Perron after the game, and everybody just – it seemed like a big weight was lifted yeah. off their shoulders. Now – don't get me wrong, still a lot of things that got to be fixed up. I mean, for the first two periods of that game, they really weren't great. There's still a lot of things that can be worked on. But like you said, you hope that this is something that pushes them, propels them forward in the right direction because we got a serious stretch coming up here. You look at the AHL playoff primer and Bakersfield, I think their magic number is 11. Ours is sitting at 16 or 18 or something like that. But when you look at the strength of schedule, ours isn't getting any easier. Every team we're playing from here on out is – in the playoff mix, with the exception of Ontario. And then Bakersfield, they've kind of got it. Their, their teams aren't as strong as the ones that we're playing. So we got our work cut out for us. Uh, obviously, being behind Bakersfield, I think it's seven points uh, in the division. Still going to be a little ways to go, but there's a pretty big log jam as far as the next three go with ourselves, San Diego, and Colorado. And, you know, the playoff picture is starting to clear up a bit. Yeah, but it is. But it's that, you know, two through four – it, you don't know how it's going to fall at this point. So you got to keep playing this strong brand of hockey and hope that it propels you through into the playoffs. Yeah, and we've got two teams going in completely different directions, Colorado and Tucson fighting for that fourth and final playoff spot. Well, we have Colorado, they've won six in a row, and you've got Tucson who has lost seven in a row. And Tucson, although they've got two games in hand, they're now seven points behind Colorado for the fourth and final playoff spot. So they've got some serious work to do over the final you know, month of the season if they're going to get back within the top what, four. I wonder if that, you know, they made that trade with Haluka and, and Dauphin going to Nashville, Milwaukee. Yep. You wonder if that kind of shook up that locker room a bit too much. It was a, I mean, to be honest, they brought a guy in, um, the, the name is eluding me right now, but, it, you know, a guy that his numbers necessarily weren't stellar at the American League level, and you trade one of your best goal scorers in Haluka. Also, Dauphin, who's an NHL caliber player, mm -hmm. at least he's gotten games in the NHL. Yeah. And you got a team that's kind of rolling steady, Eddie. Um, they've got some guys going up and down, but it wasn't affecting them, you know, because of the success I think they had last year. And that's a great point. I kind of forgot about that trade. But I wonder if that maybe shook. I mean, you take two big scores like that out of the lineup. Obviously, I think I forget, I, I'm with you. I can't remember the name of the kid. I know he's a Swedish. He's kid. He's a Swedish kid. Yeah. And they brought in Gregoire as well. But that's I mean, that's a big shakeup to lose two two guys who you rely on to score goals. I mean, could you imagine in the middle of our season us losing a guy like Francis Perron and and I don't know, let's, let's say Jaden Hobgawaks, two guys like that who you kind of rely on to put up points, that, that would really shake things up. So I, I got to feel like that maybe affected them a little bit. Emil Pedersen is his name. That's I get an opportunity to quickly look it up. But, um, yeah, that's certainly something is going on in Tucson. 
Uh, probably, I mean, we haven't seen the Roadrunners for a while, so, you know, you kind of get disconnected from some of these other clubs if you don't see them for a while. We will see them. Um, Next over, weekend. Yep, yep. Right. We're out in the desert for a couple of games following this weekend against um, Colorado. So the Eagles have won six in a row. They're getting some really good goaltending. Yep. Um, they've got some skilled forwards. Uh, Colorado, the Avalanche are in, in a race to get into the, one of the wild card spots, but um, they've left some guys down in the American Hockey League at the forward position that have certainly um, – you know, excelled. And A.J. Greer is a guy I kind of look back to. He's been in Colorado and then San Antonio predominantly over the last couple of years. Um, very effective American Hockey League player. But that's a good Colorado team. We saw them play really good out of the gates. Then they hit a lull where they were at the top of the division, at least competing yeah. for the top spot. And then they were outside of the playoff picture, and now they're back to kind of where um, they were at the start of the year. So that's going to be a really good matchup this upcoming weekend. It's a Saturday and Sunday um, meeting against Colorado. But the Eagles do have two games before they play um, Ontario twice uh, this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. So they've got a little bit heavier of a schedule yeah. as they come out to the West Coast and then will come up north after playing Ontario a couple yeah, times. I'm excited to see Colorado. I mean, we haven't seen them in San Jose in, what, since maybe November? Yeah, maybe? I believe so. Or, like, it's, it's been a while, and obviously they're rolling right now. Their, their goaltending has been great, and they're, I mean, they're just getting the production – more hot teams continue to roll into San Jose. So, like like Hensick was saying, there's it's not an easy league. It's not easy to win games professional hockey. So these games are all going to be a grind, and you know the potential playoff previews. I mean, who knows where where this division is going to fall and how things are going to shake out. But some of these teams coming in here are going to be teams we may see in the postseason. So it'd be a good good chance for the coaching staff to get a good look and get some scouting in. Uh, and see what we've got coming forward. So we've got another double day coming up this Saturday as the Sharks will play the second game of the two this time. Of course, the Barracuda at the late game this past Saturday. So we've got some double headers still um, on tap. So this upcoming Saturday, it's a 1:15 start. Um, the Sharks will get this uh, the second game of the two as they will return back home um, from a short road trip as they'll take on Florida, I believe, uh, is Saturday. The Panthers will be in town. Um, so... It'll be another fun one where you get a full hockey day in San Jose. And then the Barracuda are back in action on Sunday, 3 o'clock puck drop um, for St. Patty's Day. We've got our day. final jersey. Yeah, final jersey of the year. Saw them today. We put a little sneak peek on social. Uh, they look, I say it all the time, they always look better in person yeah. than they do in the, you know, the digital version. These ones look awesome. Yeah, like they're, they're cool. They're really cool. you got the, the clovers that are kind of sublimated into the jersey, a pot of gold on there, the – the Celtic font, it all it all looks pretty good. And once we kind of show the full jersey, it'll be nice. But, yeah, you can join that jersey auction just like you have for all the other ones. Uh, if you've already signed up, then you're good. But if you haven't and want to get a piece of these uh, these St. Patrick's Day-themed jerseys, text Barracuda to 52182, or you can go to barracuda.gesture.com and sign up as well. You'll get all the notifications as soon as we start. Uh, but it'll be pretty cool. I think uh, Aramark, the the building operations crew, they're going to do Saturday and Sunday. They're going to do some green beer. Which I was going to say, green beer. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but that that's kind of, you know, it'll be all St. Patrick's Day themed. Uh, this is the first time we've played on St. Patrick's Day, I think. So it's... Uh, we've definitely, yeah, because last year we were off. always played around, In Ontario. On. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited about the jerseys. It'll be the final specialty jersey. Um, and a cool font, as you were mentioning. The jerseys yeah. look really good. Cool kind of you know, Celtic-style font. Um, and I just cannot believe it is going to be past the halfway point of March. Oh, my this God. This season has flown by. The year has flown by. So um, it's incredible. We're going to be in the playoffs in no time. Yeah, and we're going to start, play, start playing yep. that through and figuring it out. We're going to 
walk through taglines and yep. campaigns and figure out what our plan's going to be. But this is an exciting time of the year. This is really when things ramp up and push forward. And you know, before you know it, the, the off season will be here. But hopefully that doesn't come until uh, mid-June. And the nice win for San Jose, not only coming back, but it also gives them two points. And they're now two points ahead of San Diego for the second spot in the division and do have a game in hand to the Barracuda on the goals. They still have two more games against San Diego. You mentioned that Tucson trip. That'll conclude in San Diego. So a couple games in Tucson, a couple days off in San Diego, and a Wednesday tilt against the goals. So still some very important games on the slate. But as everything continues to kind of shake out, we get some clarity. It almost looks like unless San Jose can go on an absolute run and catch Bakersfield, which is going to be tough, it looks like it's going to be a goals-Barracuda opening yeah. round matchup. Yeah, and that's... You know, it's exciting. Those games have been fun to watch, and the goals are likely going to get some help too as well because Anaheim is obviously not going to make the playoffs, so yeah. uh, they're going to get some some extra bodies. And that, that Gulls team, an easy even, even without the, that extra help, that, that's a good Gulls team, and they're tough to beat. But, yeah, they're going to they're get some, some extra hands, and it'll, it'll make for a fun series. But as we've seen in years past – Anything can happen, right? We we went we were winless down there in the 2016-17 season. We went in and we took three straight from them yep. in the playoffs, right? So anything can happen. You just got to kind of get the right balances and hope that everything clicks for you. So it'll uh, it'll be interesting. That's going to be quite a road trip, though, going from Tucson to San Diego. That's a nice little stretch. Yep. We're going to have the – I think the guys are having the rookie party in San Diego, which is a good spot. Nice. So um, I know they always try to find, like, you know, one of the better cities at oh, some yeah. point to do it. Last year they did it in Austin. Um, so, yeah, it would be nice to have a couple of days off in San Diego. Can't yeah. beat that. No. Early yeah. week, but that's okay. For sure. That's okay. It will be nice and yeah. mellow. I want to touch, too, real quick. I know, obviously, we didn't win the game on uh, on Saturday, but what a crowd. Great crowd. I mean, we that was that was something. I mean, it was the best crowd we've ever had. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, we hit record numbers as far as tickets sold and, and, and tickets distributed and everything like that, but I thought, uh, you know, Hockey aside, from the, the overall promotion standpoint with the bobblehead giveaway and the Ninja Turtles on the concourse and the jerseys, that all went really, really well. So I want to give a quick thanks to everybody uh, in Cuda Country who came out to the game and, and supported us that night, uh, unfortunately. Sorry you couldn't get the outcome that you were looking for, but uh, it was an awesome game. Still a fun atmosphere to be a part of. And a, and a thank you to Tomas Shirtle and Redeem Shimmick. I know uh, Simmer didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. There. And the video was classic. Um, the sales team was telling me that people were calling in because of the video. They wanted the bobblehead. Yeah. Um, Tomas Schurter, what a guy. It was crazy. And I, I was talking with the Sharks social team about it. So a little behind the scenes. So we thought about the idea of having them drop something quick. Nothing crazy. A quick video on social. So I went to the, the PR team. like, hey, is there any way we could get these guys to say something? Literally all they have to say is the Barracuda game is on Saturday. The first 4,000 fans get a bobblehead get your tickets now <laughs> they told Tomas and, and and Simmer what what to say and it almost sounds like Hurdles just kind of got this not not like a word vomit but he just wants to get everything out at the same time instead of just <laughs> taking a breath and just taking his time through it he just wants it all the information out there at once and this video if you haven't seen it yet it's on the Sharks social channels we've shared it. it's kind of a little bit everywhere but uh I was joking with the Sharks digital media team, and over the summer we have league meetings, and we always talk about social and what are things that worked, and or what's one piece of content you guys put out that really boosted your your platforms. And well, we didn't put this one out; the Sharks did, so we were kind of a part of it, though. And this this single video is getting more hits than mo more more <laughs> views than what a lot of the other Sharks videos do. So uh, 
it's it's making its way around the internet. It's it's pretty funny to watch, but the guys got their point across, and, and they certainly helped us out. Yeah, it's a perfect example of sometimes simplicity is best, and when you show the personalities of these guys, because Tomas, everybody knows, has a great yeah. personality, but his English is very broken, um, but he's always smiling, and people just enjoy it. You watch the video, it just kind of makes you feel good. So You can't, you um, can't watch it and not, not smile. Either yes. smile trying to... <laughs> understand what what hurdle's saying or just smile just watching simmer stare blankly into the camera without saying a word either the whole thing is great uh two great guys awesome that they're a part of the organization willing to help us out so we appreciate that uh but then we had also had sunday was pucks yep. and paws right pucks and that's paws, yep uh first time i think last year i wasn't able to really embrace the whole promotion with especially jersey and the bobble i was kind of running around everywhere but this is kind of the first time i we got to make some rounds and check everything out, and it was. Uh, I mean, we sold more dog tickets this year than we had the year before, which was incredible. That is incredible. Late uh, push, I guess. Yeah, we weren't quite there when. Yeah, it, we ended up selling uh, over five hundred dog tickets wow. this year. So wow, it was. Uh, it was. It was crazy, and obviously, it's a different different atmosphere. You know, people during the anthem. Anytime there's a lull, it's just dogs barking. barking. It's, it's uh it's it's different, but yes. it was real cool. Nabby had his dog here walking around the locker room. Huge dog, big Rottweiler. Uh, I know Bibbs had his dog here. Tim Clifton had a, his dog here. So nice to see everybody get involved and come out and support. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Those were two of the promotions I was certainly looking forward to. And I think from an overall standpoint, they were both a complete success. So good to get the win on Sunday, certainly. And good yeah. to wrap up the week in the way San Jose did because, you know, things were just spiraling. Yeah. You know, and they, they were. I mean, it was, so, It's tough, too, because when things – start to head in that direction and you, you you look around for a solution and there's really no no solution in sight but it's it's controlled by the guys in the locker room right and those guys have to just figure out a way to turn it around it seems like that third period for whatever reason yeah. it clicked and everything started to mesh so hopefully it's something that they can lean on moving forward yeah absolutely so a reminder this upcoming saturday and sunday is the next time the barracuda are in action a 115 start on saturday a three o'clock start on sunday for st patrick's day specialty jerseys again all the info on the specialty jerseys bidding on them can be found at sjbarracuda.com a lot of fun stuff it's the final push of the season home games are starting to wind down it means playoffs are coming yep. up and I know the guys, just to get that win, kind of pushed through this time of the year where it certainly can be draining for the young guys, too, who are still working through their first professional season. So um, big, big win. Exciting times ahead. And uh, looking forward to this weekend. Should be a really good matchup. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Uh, that's, that's really all I got. Really. Yep. We're, we're grinding here. We're, we're, grinding. we're looking forward to the promotions this weekend, but we're, we're ready to get that playoff run started. So we're going to have some good things planned, but we'll talk more about that. As we get there. We will. And we're recording this on Tuesday, so we have not seen the Sharks' second game of the road trip. But a very nice win for San Jose last night. 3 nothing against the Minnesota Wild. Could be their opening round opponent yeah. if they can take the Pacific Division. I think that kind of gives you an idea of how important it is to win the division. Because you don't want to face Vegas, and you don't really want to face... I, uh, I wouldn't want to face... If I'm the Sharks, I mean, I'm sure they got the same mindset. Why would you want to go up against Vegas or Calgary when they can just... Beat, beat up the crap each out of each other. Yeah, and that's going to be a very physical, and yeah. you expect I mean, I think, and nasty series. And, and Marc-Andre Fleury, is, I, th I think, it's the best goaltender in the Western Conference, and he's hot right now. Well, if you can avoid that and, and let those two teams beat up on each other, yes, that's absolutely what you want. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, with the health of Eric Carlson, you know, they're going to ease and him Vander back Kane. in. I mean, we're running, Kane. what, five straight right now without 
Kane and yeah. without Carlson. And they're still so like, winning, which is certainly intriguing. When this team's full strength, they're going to be yeah. good. Yeah. It helps when you win, too, because then there's no pressure, not as much pressure to bring these guys back, yeah. you know, in a hurry. So got to say, too, a lot with that, you got to also credit the guys who've stepped in and, and filled in. Absolutely. A guy like Tim, guy like Tim Heed, has who really hasn't played a whole lot, coming in to help out. You can even you look on the four line, a guy like Lucas Radil or, or Barkley Goodrow, guys who may have been in and out, especially with some of the additions lately. Being able to st- come in and, and step up and keep this team on the right track those guys got to get a lot of credit, too. Yeah, absolutely. And Dylan Gambrell up right now on the trip. Don't know. I would expect him to probably be back with us this weekend. <laughs> um, they like to bring an additional forward on the road, and the being the fact that he was going to just miss one game in the American League and then the good are off for the entire week made right. sense, obviously, to bring him up. Um, so I would expect him to be back. So that would be nice to have him back in the lineup, certainly this upcoming weekend. But to be determined, because, of course, the Sharks will be back at action as well. So a lot of fun stuff here in San Jose at the professional level, American League and NHL. Both these clubs are making the push to the playoffs. And it gets no better. It's the best time of year, certainly. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for the final stretch. Um, that does it for us, though. So we'll, we'll catch it. everybody next, uh, hopefully next Tuesday. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure play it out. We'll play it by ear. So. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go ice up. Okay, see you. See you.